Abiding Hope Church's podcast of our weekly sermons. For more information about our church, please visit abidinghope.org. Today's reading is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 22. Once more, Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his slaves to call those who had been invited to the wedding banquet, but they would not come. Again, he sent other slaves, saying, Tell those whom I have invited, Look, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen, and my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they made light of it and went away one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his slaves, maltreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his troop, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. Then he said to his slaves, The wedding is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore into the main streets and invite everyone you find to the wedding banquet. Those slaves went out into the streets and gathered all whom they found, both good and bad. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there was not wearing a wedding robe. And he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding robe? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, Bind him hand and foot, and throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As many of you know, I grew up in the South, Knoxville, Tennessee to be exact. And as part of my upbringing, I was taught at a very young age how to dress like a Southern lady. So here are the, a few things that I remember from my childhood that my, my grandmother instilled in me in a very young age. Number one, Never, ever, 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 ever wear white after Labor Day. The second rule was open-toed shoes are an absolute no-no if you're going to any type of a formal event. And the third was always overdress for any occasion. You should have seen the way that my Nana dressed. Even to do something as simple as what we would call yard selling in East Tennessee, or when she went to the doctor or just to the convenience store to pick up a gallon of milk. She was always dressed to the nines because the thought was is that if you were underdressed, you would be publicly humiliated and shamed by the host and you'd never be able to show your face out in public again. So it was always best to overdress. So when I first read today's gospel reading, this parable that Jesus tells about this guy who gets into the wedding banquet of the king's son and he's not properly dressed and he's kicked out into the outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth, my first instinct was, well, this guy must not have had a Southern grandma. But in all seriousness, remember that what Jesus is doing here is he's not telling a story, he's telling a parable. And what Jesus does is that Jesus uses the parable as a way for us to see what happens when we as humanity try to do a life apart from God. What happens when we try to do life apart from one another? 
What happens when we try to be self-sufficient, when we try to be independent, when we live outside of God's mission for our world, God's mission of oneness? And what happens is that we bring about chaos. We begin to, to build these systems of division and hierarchy where some are in and some are out. And so keep that in mind today as we, we talk more about this gospel text. And the other thing too is, this is not a story, a parable about what happens to us after we die. Remember, Jesus wasn't concerned with that. What Jesus was concerned about is living life right here, right now, right? fully embracing our identity as children of God. So we get this story about the, a king He's throwing a banquet for his son's wedding. No one is, is coming and there's all these things that happen at the beginning of the passage. I wish I had two hours to unpack what's going on there. But where I get kind of, kind of drawn into the story is at, at verse nine or right there around verse nine, where the king is fed up at this point and he tells his servants to go out and invite everybody to the banquet, both the good and the bad. Now, this imagery of God's banquet feast, right, it weaves its way in and throughout scripture. And what I'm struck by is that this invitation to the banquet is sent to all people, no matter what. It doesn't, they haven't earned it. They haven't merited it. They haven't achieved it. They haven't done something or done a checklist. Instead, the invitation to the banquet is poured out freely as God's gift of grace upon all people. But what we'll soon see is that it's not just enough to show up at the banquet, that God has created us to fully participate in the banquet, to be a part of the bigger thing that God is up to in our world, to fully live as God's children, to understand that everything we have is a gift, that we have been blessed in order that we might be a blessing. To participate in the banquet means that we live generously, sharing all that we have and all that we are, so that all people may experience real life. So as the story goes, the guy that I talked about earlier, right? He shows up at the banquet, he gets in, and then someone says, well, you're not wearing the right attire. And so they kick him out, right? They throw him out into the outer darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, theologians throughout history have always tried to figure out what does that robe mean? Some say it's faith. Some say it's faith and works, others say it's love. But I always like to go with the simplest thing. If the king is just inviting people off of the street, of course none of them are gonna be prepared to attend a wedding banquet. So more than likely the king is providing the robes for the people. I mean, think about it, right? Like if I'm in the Target parking lot and someone comes up to me and says, hey, you wanna come to a wedding banquet? More than likely I am not gonna be prepared in the least bit, right? Number one, I'm in the Target parking lot. And number two, let's just be honest, it's a global pandemic and all of our standards have lowered just a little bit. And I'm sure my grandmother is probably rolling in her grave. But anyway, what is happening here is that the king has handed out these robes. And for some reason, this one man, he's received an invitation to the banquet, but he's not fully participating. I've been thinking a lot about this this week. Why does he choose not to take the robe? Maybe he thinks he doesn't need it. Maybe he thinks he could do something better. Or maybe he thinks that he's the one who's in control. Maybe he has this idea that he's a, the maker of his own universe, that he creates his own destiny, that he is self-sufficient and he doesn't need anything, that he, he has made and accomplished all that he has on his own will. Maybe that's 
what's going on. So I've been thinking this week, what does it mean when we clothe ourselves with the world's story? What does that look like to wear the clothing, the robe of the world, right? Well, it's the same thing that happens to this man in the parable. We live under this false sense of control. We think that everything we have is ours. We try our best to do life apart from God and apart from one another, but we realize that that doesn't lead to life, but instead it leads to death. We begin to think that we're self-sufficient people, that all of the gifts and the blessings that God have given us, we begin to hoard those and, and keep those from ourselves. And then we become complacent, just okay with the way the world is because we think that it doesn't impact us because we don't see how God has created us as a part of each other and a part of God. And what happens when we wear the world's story with us is the same thing that happens to the man in today's parable. We end up in darkness. We end up in places of fear and anxiety and worry. We feel disconnected, wondering, is this it? And again, the focus here is not what happens to us after we die, but it's how is it that we're living as God's children right here, right now? How is it that we are experiencing real life? How is it that we are being God's gifts and blessings in the world? Generously pouring out all that we have and all that we are. Because like I said earlier, it's not just enough to show up at the banquet. God has created us to fully participate in the banquet. And to do that, we don't clothe ourselves with the world's story, but instead we are clothed with God's story, where we put on the robe of Christ, where we truly realize who it is that we've been created to be and our purpose in this world. Right? Clothed with Christ, we realize and we understand in every single fiber of our being that God has claimed and named us as God's beloved children in our world. And there's nothing we can do to change that or to separate us from God's love. There's nothing we can do. And out of our identity as God's kids, we are created to love all and we are created to serve all. What happens is that we begin to grow in this awareness through the gift of the spirit that we are all a part of one another and we are a part of God. My life is not my own. It belongs to God. Everything that I have is a sheer gift, just like that invitation to the banquet. Everything I have is a gift. Everything I have is a blessing. Everything comes from God. And in and through that, as a daughter of God, I have been created to be that channel and that conduit so that I am blessed in order to be a blessing, so that I can be God's gift in the world, so that I can hold nothing back, generously pouring out all that I have and all that I am. You see, my spouse, my kids, they don't belong to me. They belong to God. The clothing that I wear, my house, my gifts, the money in my checking account, all of that. And I've been blessed so that I can pour that out into the world so that all people may be set free to fully live as the children of God they are created to be. You see, my sisters and brothers, I'll say it again. Yes, God sends out that invitation to all people to the banquet, but it's not just enough to say yes. As children of God, we are created to fully participate in the bigger things that God is doing in our world. You see, God's banquet has already been set. It's nothing that we do or create. God has already made it so through the death and resurrection of Jesus, where everything that seeks to separate us and divide us has been put to death. 
and where all of creation has been, once, has been raised to new life. And it's through that promise of the empty tomb where God's life and love win that we can let go, right? And we can place our trust and our life in God who is a God of new life, knowing that we are created to be a part of something much, much bigger than ourselves. That bigger thing, it's woven throughout scripture, right? Isaiah talks about that banquet feast where the Lord of hosts provides this this meal of of wonderful food and well-aged wines, where later on in the story, we hear that the war is no more and swords are beaten into plowshares, where God comes down to dwell with and in and among humanity, where God swallows up death forever and wipes every tear from every cheek. This is the banquet feast. This is God's reign, which is constantly breaking in, in, around, and among us. And it's God's mission that we are called to fully participate in, to help God draw all people and all things back to God, united together as one. So yes, we've got, all people have got that invitation to the banquet, but we're also called to participate. And you know what? God is counting on us. God needs us. God desires for us to live as those change agents of transformation that God has called and created and equipped us to be. So my sisters and brothers, today and every day be clothed with Christ. Wear the robe of Christ. Be reminded that you are a new creation, that you are a beloved child of God, and that God has created you and me to fully participate in the bigger things that God is doing. May we understand that we have been blessed in order that we might share those blessings with others. May we live as God's gifts in the world. And may we always live generously, pouring everything that we have out for the sake of the life of the world. So the banquet is set. Please come and participate. Come, live, serve, and love so that all may experience real life. Amen.